0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: Yeah, well, there's a couple different situations where that can go. Um, You know, there's a couple different franchise tags. Uh, We're hopeful that we'll get a deal done with Lamar before that happens but uh sure they're big numbers we've known they're big numbers we're prepared for that and we've got four or five or six different plans based on what happens over the next 10 days well you can't win in this league without a strong quarterback i mean that's been proven so we want lamar here um we think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league he's certainly one of our best players uh and we want him back
0: The Ravens want him back. How are they going to keep him around? Tomorrow is the deadline for applying the franchise tag. And I wrote this over the weekend. At this point, if you are the player, whether it's Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Evan Engram, Josh Jacobs, anyone else who is on the brink of being tagged, Just go ahead and force them to tag you and do the deal later. It's in your best interest to have had a tag placed on you because then the next time you get tagged, if there is a next time, it's your second career tag and then your third and they stack. There was a Drew Brees grievance filed against the Saints more than a decade ago that resulted in a ruling that if you get tagged by one team, he got tagged by the Chargers at one point and get tagged by another team it counts toward one, two, three. And when you get to three, that's when you get the really big salary that makes it more likely you're going to be an unrestricted free agent. So at this point, Chris, unless the team is offering a premium, go ahead and force them to tag you. You have until July 15 to do your long-term deal. If I was Lamar Jackson, whatever the best offer is right now that the Ravens have on the table, I wouldn't take it. I'd force them to tag me and then – we'll see which tag they use and we'll see which door that opens exclusive 45 million and i can't talk to anybody else non-exclusive 32.4 million and i can go out and see if someone out there will offer as much or more than the ravens offered me
1: yeah it it's uh it's 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 interesting it is i mean again I, I I hear what you're saying about the franchise tag. There there's I think some things you got to think about sometimes with that. If you're in Daniel Jones situation, but I understand what you're saying. You're right. It's it's a positive, you know, to have that there at the end of the day. It's it's a bargaining chip for yourself, right? But like, okay, yeah, I think if you're going to be tagged, right? It's it's it's
0: not good to be tagged. But if it's going to happen, don't do a deal. The day before the tag deadline, got you. I know make what you them mean. tag you, right.
1: do the deal later. Yeah, I got you. Right. And that makes total sense. And I think that's exactly where we're going here with Lamar Jackson. You know, again, like we discussed, we both love Lamar Jackson, but what is, there's never been a deal done, right? I mean, that there's never a deal done. So I, I mean, I'm not going to think, oh, something's going to get done here now. I mean, the number one thing I've heard about Lamar Jackson from the second he left Louisville going to Baltimore Ravens, other than that, he's awesome and I love watching him play and all that, is that no one can get in contact with him or his camp or ever. And, you know, we've talked about this enough here to where, yeah, it seems like it's hard to nail down, you know, final details, certain details in the contract. So, yeah, we're going towards franchiseville. That's where we're going. And, you know, Mike, if you're them, what are you going to do? You know, I, I sit here at, at a base level just thinking about this over the last few days, and I, I would feel like I would probably go the non-exclusive franchise tag route if I'm the Ravens. Um, but what, what about you? Would you do that, or would you try to go, you know, the more expensive one? It all depends
0: upon whether they truly want him there long term. Yeah. It really does. Right. Because if you go non-exclusive, all right, now you lock in at 32.4 million if and when he accepts the tender but you invite another team to sign him to an offer sheet that you either can't or won't match and you'll accept two first round picks or he signs an offer sheet and you say thank you very much we haven't been able to do a contract with the guy we're glad that you were now we'll take that off your hands and we'll keep him and we'll'll we'll, you know we'll send you a, a basket of fruit for your trouble they could they could do that it's risky, though, because somebody could show up with a five-year fully-guaranteed offer. They could match it. They won't match it. So you run the risk of someone making an offer that you'll refuse to match. Exclusive sends a stronger message. $45 million. You know, I've, we've, we've touched on this, and it, it's something that I probably need to write about at PFT more than talk about here because it'll put people to sleep on their way to work, which we don't want, especially if they're driving. But I still don't know why the franchise tag is thirty two point four million non exclusive when the market is at fifty and you got multiple guys north of forty and kind of forty five is the baseline that's out there Seems now. Seems low forty five is the exclusive number. Right. If I want to send a message to Lamar Jackson that I want to keep you, I'm using the exclusive tag because that means you're gonna get forty-five this year and fifty-four next year, ninety-nine over a two year period. And you know, Peter King suggested in football morning in America, a short term deal for the two sides. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'll take ninety nine million fully guaranteed for two years, and then I'm free after that. I would take that deal, which is the simulation of the next two years under the exclusive franchise tag. But I don't know if the Ravens are ready to do that. And Chris, I, yeah. here's the other side of too. We've touched the on this. This this here's one of those things that pops into your brain while you're shaving. Okay. Whatever the offer was last year by the Ravens. Remember, we've heard three different times now from three different ESPN personalities, $133 million fully guaranteed at signing. People of sound mind who understand how the league works look at this and say, there was still more guaranteed for injury that would have vested after the first year. right? March of this year, this month. Whatever that number is, whatever that number is, 133 plus whatever, that's the amount that Lamar Jackson would have fully guaranteed this month. Well, he made twenty four, twenty five million last year. So, if I'm Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens truly care about me and want to keep me around long term, maybe they give me a mulligan. And the way you give him a mulligan is you give him a four year deal for whatever was offered last year minus the twenty five million he made in twenty twenty two. If you really want me around and you really believe in me and you really love me like you say you do, offer me four years for all the dollars that I didn't agree to minus the 24 or 25 or whatever it was that I made last year in my fifth year option. They'll never do that. Because that ends up being a four-year astronomical contract with, you know, and I need to sit down and do the math, but the point is this, and you can say it's on Lamar Jackson, but you can also say it's on the Ravens when that deal didn't get done last year a lot of money that Lamar Jackson would have been guaranteed and would have made and now here we are a year later you know you start talking about last year's deal well we got to pretend it was done last year not this year Yeah. and and so it's a nuance to this that I think is getting overlooked but and this is another reason I have an agent because I think an agent can articulate it even better than I can and I'm not doing a very good job of it and I know that at least I'm aware of it but the point is this millions were left on the table last year if you want to put him where he would have been last year, you got to put those millions back on the table right away. Yeah, but yeah,
1: sure. You know, but I, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know. I mean, does he, does he want that offer? Does he want more than that? Where is that at? You know, I don't know. That's that's those are things we're not sure about. You know, that's where I when when Stephen A. Smith on ESPN started to say, you know, people from my camp or Lamar's camp reached out to me. I thought maybe that was a signal that, hey, they were getting off the guaranteed contract thing and they were trying to kind of reach out to Baltimore, you know, through the public channels and and let everybody know that kind of. Hey, like we're not asking for that anymore. I don't know. You know, also what gets lost in this is like, yeah, I know Lamar wants to go back to Baltimore. Does he all the way? I, I don't know either. You know, there, there, there's a lot of play here. I just, it's a, it's a weird situation. And if I'm Baltimore, you know, again, why do you have to give him the exclusive tag just to make him feel like he's wanted? I mean, they've, they've, we we tried to make you the highest paid guy in the history of football other than one other person. They've let it be known. They want him, Right. Uh, And, you know, I do think to a degree, Lamar's leverage is not as high as it was last year. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's another year of football, another year of wear and tear. It's the second year in a row we didn't see you in the month of December. That doesn't just make a team go, oh, oh, he's a for sure thing. Let's just sign him up. So those are things that, that would scare me if I was running the Ravens. I'm not trying to be a hater on Lamar again here. I know. I'm rooting for Lamar. But if I was, you know, in the Baltimore Ravens front office, those are the things I would be thinking about certainly.
0: When we were off a couple of weeks ago and I was doing PFTPM and I was answering questions, somebody raised the question of whether Lamar doesn't play at all this year. And look, this is not a prediction or a report or anything other than studying the chessboard and considering the moves that could play out. And it's not that crazy to see the Ravens apply the non-exclusive tag at 324 Lamar is available to entertain offers from other teams, and no one gives him an offer he likes. The Ravens don't, the Falcons don't, the Commanders don't. Any team out there that may be thinking about going after Lamar Jackson doesn't give him an offer that he's comfortable accepting. So then we get to the summertime, and... It's the Ravens or no one as a practical matter. Now, maybe the Dolphins would be lurking in the weeds because they can't do anything until after the draft because they don't have a first-round pick this year, but they have one next year. So after this draft, they could go after him with next year's first-round pick and the year after that, 24 and 25, being the compensation. But we get to June. We get to July. The July 15 deadline is coming. They're not going to work out a long-term deal then either. They can't work out a long-term deal. So what does Lamar do? As training camp approaches, you're going to have by then good chance. Jalen Hurts, forty five million a year. Justin Herbert, forty five million or more a year. Joe Burrow, fifty million or more a year. Here's Lamar at thirty two four. When he knows they could have tagged him at forty five, I wouldn't be surprised if we get all, if all those things happen. And those are not a stretch. Like this isn't outside the box. This is. This is kind of inside what we've seen so far. If what we've seen so far continues, that's where we're gonna be. And if I'm Lamar, I'm gonna to say to the Ravens, quite possibly, Well, you could have paid me forty five. All these other guys are making forty-five or fifty. I'm not playing for thirty-two-four. I don't care what you do, I'm not playing for thirty-two-four. I'm not I won't play for thirty-two four. And if the Ravens don't blink then, Chris. You could have Lamar Jackson sit out into the season and maybe sit out the whole season.
1: It is not as crazy as it initially seemed. No. I mean, I I, I know it's not crazy. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that for Lamar Jackson's sake. I mean, again, you know, it's, 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 I don't think that it really in the long run will be best for him, but yeah, it could get ugly. I mean, who knows where this goes? And this is going to be the million-dollar question over the next 24 hours. Which one are they going to use there? You know, the, 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 there's a part of me that goes, they might just use the, the non-exclusive one and go like you said. All right, let's see somebody else set the market. We'll match it. Oh, it's such a crazy offer. Okay, we'll we'll take two first rounders. We got to move on. I don't know, you know, but I, I could see them doing that just because. Again, I think they're at a spot where they can too. I don't think they necessarily have to give him the exclusive tag other than that, yes, they have to worry about it's going to disgruntle him and he's going to be angry and then maybe do what you're talking about there. But I also don't think that's the most wise decision for Lamar Jackson in his future either. So that's where this next 24 hours is going to be kind of amazing to see here.
0: But it's not a strategic decision he'd be making now. It is a natural yeah. next step in the progression decision that will make sense at the time because he'll be exasperated. Think about it. He goes out. If, if Again, it all begins with non-exclusive franchise tag. If they go exclusive, this doesn't happen. And I think he plays for $45 million. If they go exclusive, they don't sign him to a long-term deal before the July 15 deadline. I think he shows up and plays for 45 million. I would recommend him strongly to take the 45. My point is 32, four. No one gives him an offer. He'll sign Ravens. Don't sign to a long-term deal. I'm, I'm not playing for 32, four, not, not when all these other guys have gotten more and more and more and more. I'm just not doing it. And, uh, you know, this is a mess for the Ravens. It's a mess for Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, Barring something completely unforeseen, they're not going to get a deal done by tomorrow. And as I said earlier, they shouldn't. Lamar Jackson shouldn't want a deal by tomorrow at this point. He should want to force them to use a tag and then want to to see what happens next. Because no matter what happens after that, he will have already been tagged once in his career. The next time will be twice. Math is hard. And then the time after that, I think, will be three. That's better for the player when you're up against the tag. All right, we're up against a break. When we return, what's going to happen with the Giants and Daniel Jones? Remember, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option last year, and now they're looking at using the franchise tag on him. Will they get a deal done instead so they can tag Saquon Barkley? We'll take that up next year on PFT Live.
2: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Daniel Jones. Oh, no. Here we go. The Giants are up against the deadline for applying the franchise tag. There were reports of meetings and efforts to try to work out a long-term deal. Look. I had heard a couple of weeks ago when news broke that he changed agents. He was looking for $45 million, possibly more. Pat Leonard, the New York Daily News, recently reported that it's more than $45 million per year that Jones wants via his new agents. He switched from CAA to athletes first, and we've said it before. It's not like he went from a mom-and-pop shop to an elite agency. He went from one high-end agency to another. They're not going to get for him what CAA couldn't get for him, and what they're going to get for him most likely, Chris, is a franchise tag of $32.4 million, and uh, then Saquon Barkley, unless they sign him to a long-term deal, he becomes a free agent.
1: Yeah, no, that that's the you know that, that's what stinks about it as a Giant fan. You were hoping that, yes, that we could keep both of them, that neither one would hit the open market. Daniel Jones, it seemed like. From people I knew and trusted in this situation, you know, you heard me say it late December, early January. I thought, hey, Daniel Jones, the contract, I think it's all going down, you know, the right r- Or, you know, it's it's going the right way here, which something should get done. You know, but But obviously, you know, something's changed there or Daniel Jones has become more aggressive for what he's asking for. I'm a little surprised by it. I'm not going to lie. The number's high. You know, again, I know what the market is at quarterback right now. I get it, right? But you know, at the same time, yeah, it's been one year of success. I think it's still, you know, we're not totally sold that it's just like, oh yeah, he's the guy forever. You know, I think he is certainly, but you know, I think the team needs to be able to protect themselves as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear. The over forty-five million per year type number, but I guess the agent's going to say, "Hey, with the way the market's going, and like you talk about the salary cap, it might not look that big two, three years down the road." So, uh, you know, they're they're obviously not close as it stands right now.
0: And the reality is, the CBA gives the teams the ability to apply the franchise tag to restrict a guy from free agency. That's what they've done. Thirty-two point four million is not a high number, and frankly. If they knew the franchise tag this year was going to be $40 million, they probably would have picked up the fifth-year option last year. I think one of the reasons they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, there wasn't that big of a difference between fifth-year option and franchise tag. I mean, grand scheme of things, seven ten million $10 is a big difference. But if it would have been $15 $20 million, then it's a no-brainer. We'll pick up the fifth-year option. They made a bet, and they won-slash-lost because he became a guy he'd never been. He was on the road to Bustville, and he turned it around with Brian Dayball, and I think that's part of this too. How much of it's Dayball versus Jones? And if Jones goes at some point, if he does another year or two under the franchise tag, and then they move on, do they find somebody else who can come in and be as good under Brian Dayball. So that's part of this analysis for the Giants. But the bottom line is they have the hammer of the franchise tag at 32.4. He'd get a $38 million salary in 2024. It's about 71 over two years. That's a far cry from 45. And as I've said before, even if they would do the 44% raise to knock him up to 54 million for year three, when you add it all up, it still averages 42 million a year and you get him for three years. Why the hell would you pay him 45 million a year when you can go tag, tag, tag at a total average of 42, yeah, because it gives you every year if he regresses the opportunity to say, "All right, we're moving on."
1: Right. Well, I, I think that's the leverage that they probably have, and that's probably what they're saying to Daniel Jones' representatives. I think you're you're spot on there. You know, I, I get that, and you know, I, I think hey, the Giants just putting myself in their shoes, or you know, both of us are doing that a little bit here. Is yeah, they got to protect themselves here. You know, yes, we saw Daniel Jones play really well. You know, yeah, dayball was a big part of it. I think we see that, hey, if they can continue to put pieces around them, there were certainly things we saw this year that you like. I mean, he's big, he's athletic, he's really he's one of the best running quarterbacks in football, and we saw. You give him a little time, you know, he'll dice you up. He He, he doesn't lose control of the ball often. And he can make a lot of big throws, like you're watching right here against the Jaguars down the field, and put it, you know, on the money. It's Danny Dimes, uh, but yes, it's one year. That that that's the big thing. And uh, yeah, I just would like to see them be able to find that sweet spot of, hey, it's maybe a four-year contract. And maybe the first two years are, you know, a a big number that can appeal to Daniel Jones. But, you know, divided up within the four-year contract, it's not a huge average. And we can kind of hit the sweet spot for everybody. That's what I'm rooting for as a Giant fan. I want Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back. I know that. I like the potential. I like where it's going. Uh, But, man, I was kind of shocked, Mike, to hear the news, you know, that his agents had left, you know, Indianapolis. And it didn't seem like things were close yet. I, I thought this would be easier uh, than it, than it has been to this point.
0: I got a question for you, and this was not planned. Right, this isn't part of the rundown. It may or may not make sense, but but I'm going to blame it on the fact that Daniel Jones wears number eight. I got a question for you. It's a two part question. If you're the Giants, would you trade Daniel Jones for Kirk Cousins? If you're the Vikings, would you trade Kirk Cousins for Daniel Jones?
1: Mm. I wouldn't trade. If I'm the Giants, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Daniel Jones. I wouldn't. I think Daniel Jones top end. Or Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't trade Daniel Jones for Kirk Cousins. I would not. If I'm the Giants, I would keep Daniel Jones. I would. I think there's more top end potential to be had you know with Daniel Jones where again like we talked about he's bigger than Kirk Cousins he's got a stronger arm than Kirk Cousins and he like you t- always talk about when nothing's there he's kind of shown the ability to be able to run and move and and do something and still make something happen right but saying all that and the potential I don't know if that necessarily means if I'm on the Vikings that I would trade Kirk Cousins just to get Daniel Jones either right you know, there's some things about Kirk Cousins and within that offense and how he works and operates there to where, yeah, he's he's a better pocket passer at this point than, than Daniel Jones. But his potential and his total overall talent, I think Daniel Jones can pass him up if he continues on this trajectory, if that makes any sense, Mike. I don't know if I explained that the right way.
0: No, no, it, it does. So basically neither. Yeah. And here's the yeah. problem. Here's the problem. There's only those five or six great quarterbacks to go around. Everybody else has to make do with what they have, right? You've got to make it work with what you have. The Vikings are trying to make it work with Kirk Cousins. And look, we didn't get any strong impression from talking to Kevin O'Connell on camera or off camera that they're thinking about making a move from Kirk Cousins. They want Kirk Cousins. I think they'd like to have a little cap relief and greater security. They do this dance every year, it seems like, with Cousins. But it's just its fascinating to think what Jones alternatives would be if he would become available, what teams out there. Well, we know that, right. That Lamar Jackson's more likely to attract an offer sheet. If they both get the non-exclusive franchise tag, I don't think anybody would even. I, I just. I, I. I. You know. No disrespect to
1: Danger Jones. But no, I think he's one of those where it's see, like.
0: I don't see any. I don't see anybody thinking. Oh boy, we're going to sign him to an offer sheet and maybe give up two first round picks to get this guy.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's dicey, right? People might like him, and again, like the potential of him, but. You could be dealing with like career political suicide as far as if you're a coach or a GM and you bring him in and it doesn't work, people are going to be like, what? What are they going to say, Mike? You know what they're going to do? Well, he only was one year. He wasn't good at all those other years. You know, we gave away Kirk Cousins for a guy that had one year, right? You know, so that's where, uh, to your point, I agreed. You know, he's in a place that likes him, believes in his potential. You know that uh, the, the, he set the groundwork for a lot of that, and you know that that's not easy to find in other places. Let alone, like, yeah, I think it's, it could be career suicide for another team if you brought him in and didn't work out. To where I'm with you, I don't think there's a, a team out there that's going to make him, you know, that that type of offer.
0: And beyond that, let's face it, Daniel Jones is not going to bring. A ticker tape parade to town of excitement. I mean, right. he's just not. That's You're going to have a lot of is. people. Exactly. There's no buzz right. around the guy. He's he's far closer to Eli Manning than Peyton Manning when it comes to you know that 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 personality and the kind of thing that's going to get people excited if he's your new quarterback. So between that and the fact that it's just one season, I don't see anybody trying to trying to sign him to an offer sheet. I don't see anybody trying to trade for him. I don't see anybody contacting the Giants saying, hey, how about one first-round pick? Or, hey, how about some other package? Because then you're going to have to give the guy the $45 million he wants to make it happen. So I think he's going to be playing for the Giants in 2023 under the franchise tag. And here's the question. Does he do what Kirk Cousins did and show up from day one when he got tagged both times by Washington? Show up from day one of the offseason program to have the best season possible so he can do it again and maximize his abilities? Or does he does he withhold services to stick it to the giants but also stick it to himself to make it harder to have the kind of year that proves last year wasn't a fluke yeah. i think his best play Option once he's one. tagged is to show up right. show up don't take the 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 other approach that makes it easier for people to say, see, you weren't all that good anyway.
1: Right. No, no. Show up. You got you got all the momentum and power on your side right now. You continue to be the good soldier. Get the public on your side. Look, hey, this guy. Hey, you know, look what he's doing. He's here. He's still working. He's not complaining any of that. Hopefully, you can get a long-term deal done. Or, you know... You start to play really good to where, uh-oh, the team knows, like, man, as soon as the year's over, we got to sign him to a big deal. He's got us. He's done everything right. And honestly, that'll probably be a problem the Giants would like to have. So... Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think option number one there all the way. I'm with you. I don't think there's a team out there that's going to trade anything for him. And you know, and off of that, Mike, I know we're going to talk about the Jets and Derek Carr here in a little bit. But like, we never hit this of Lamar. Do we really think who's out there that we think is going to go after Lamar if they just gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag? What are the, what are the teams that are going to do that? You know, I I say Atlanta. We know Miami. That those are two teams we hear, or at least uh, you know. People connect dots. That makes sense to me. But after that, is there anybody else out there that you think would trade something significant for Lamar right now?
0: Miami, again, can't do it until after the draft. That's they right. can't even talk to him That's right. until after the draft right. when they have their first-round pick replenished. The Falcons are a team you and I have been talking about, and some of the buzz I picked up at the Combine, it wouldn't surprise people if they did it. But there's no chatter that they're laying in the weeds right. waiting right. to do it. I still wonder about the Commanders just because – If you offer him a five-year fully guaranteed contract and Daniel Snyder is selling the team, number one, it's a bill somebody else has to pay. And number two, it's a middle finger to the establishment that is trying to push him out because they don't want five-year fully guaranteed contracts. So do I think the commanders are maybe floating around? I don't know. But you're right. It's not like there are a bunch of teams salivating at the opportunity to pursue Lamar Jackson. And that may be one of the reasons why the Ravens go non-exclusive franchise tag, because they're not fearful of losing him to another team or, or facing that dilemma of do we match the offer uh, or do we take the two first round picks? So I think for Jones, it'll be nobody. And for Lamar Jackson,
1: one or two possibilities right,
0: right. That, that may or may not come to fruition.
1: Yeah, I think so too. You know, when you look at Lamar, and then again, you look at some of the teams that need quarterbacks, I don't know if it necessarily makes sense for some of those football teams, you know, with the way their salary cap, assets they have to trade, whatever else, the state of their football team right now, to where, yeah, for me, it does look like options are limited. Uh, so that that's going to be another part of this, you know factor here as far as what baltimore does and we'll see what the giants do and we surely expect the giants to franchise tag daniel jones and baltimore to to get lamar jackson
0: meanwhile Derek carr had a one-month head start on free agency and he has spent roughly three weeks of it sitting in a lounge chair smoking a cigarette because there's nothing at this point impending nothing pressing and I think the reality is number one no one's given him an offer close to what he wants or he would have a deal by now and number two teams are waiting to see what else happens specifically the Jets ESPN reported on Sunday that Carr has a slight lean toward the Jets well the Jets aren't going to do anything until they know whether or not they are getting the Prince of Darkness aka Aaron Rodgers until we know where Rogers is going to go whether he's going to the Jets, whether he's staying with the Packers, whether he's going to the
1: Raiders, I don't think the Jets are going to make a move on Derek Carr, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I would think not. I would think not. You know, but but you know, again, this Aaron Rodgers, how long is this going to go on? When's he going to give some people some answers? Maybe they'll get antsy and kind of try to move a little quicker here on Derek Carr. Oh, well, I think when you kind of break it down, I mean, he's the the number one guy that's out there that's available. Right. He makes sense for the Jets, like we've talked about. They're talented. They're ready right now. So all that makes sense. But I think, yeah, I think Mike also what plays into a factor of this a little bit is not only the Aaron Rodgers situation, the other teams that, you know, have been associated with them. I think they're still figuring out their plans, right? The Carolina Panthers, they're probably like, Wait, we're in this spot at pick number eight or nine. I can't remember exactly to where you know, are we going to get one of these rookie quarterbacks, or do we need to make a move and sign one of these free agents or Derek Carr right now? You know, so there, there's that aspect of it, and then I think the price tag is also, you know, the re- another real part of it. You know, Derek Carr, a little bit like we're talking with Daniel Jones a minute ago, I, I would I wouldn't want to just, you know, back up the Brinks the Brinks truck and just give him a whole boatload of cash. It'd be one of those contracts that, again, where, yeah, it's good cash, we get all that, but we got to protect ourselves as a team here, too. We're not just going to give you, like, the red carpet, carte blanche, like, hey, you get to be the the captain of the ship here for three years no matter what happens. So I think those things got to get figured out as well. Carte blanche... I I don't know what the hell I was saying. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. know. Uh,
0: And, you know, there's been talk about whether or not Aaron Rodgers would thrive or even survive under the scrutiny of the New York media market. Have we bothered to wonder whether or not Derek Carr would hold up under that spotlight and those kind of blunt questions he's going to get up to and including? Mr. Carr. Why is it that you sometimes just talk in a country accent for no reason whatsoever? I mean, you know, somebody at some point is going some smart ass is going to ask him that question in New
1: York. I think, well, maybe so, he'll anyway, maybe he'll get in New York funny. and he'll be like, "Hey, forget about it. Hey, hey, hey where the hell <laughs> where's the, cool. Hey, where the where the hell is the the closest pizza parlor?" And maybe he'll change it to that. You never <laughs> know. <laughs> Either way, you're right. It's or a fair question. Maybe he'll just huh. Yeah.
0: Now, but but it it is a fair question, not whether or not he's going to break out a country accent from time to time, but will he thrive? Right. under that extra scrutiny, is he going to be upset when he's on the back page? Is he going to go, you know, block every single person who works for the New York Daily News on Twitter if they say something mean about him? I mean, it, it's 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 not going to be easy for any quarterback in that market, especially not Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr. All right, let's go ahead and take. A break. Did Bijan Robinson live up to the hype at the scouting combine? Uh, A look at the running backs who are rushing toward the NFL. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this.
2: What would you say is the attribute that makes you most difficult for defenses to deal with? Uh, I think... I know this is a little different, but I think my silence on the field. Um, I don't say a word on the field. And, you know, I think that me just, you know, not talking um, and just being so locked in. And, you know, I have guys, you know, trying to you know, get in my head uh, every single play. And all I do is just look at them and smile and keep walking. Um, but I think that, that does something to opponents. You know, I'm not the guy to, to rally up you know, or to, to talk smack to, to guys. Um, I'm just a guy that just wants to go on the field, have fun, smile. Uh, smiley, smiley, right? Smile Is your nickname still Smiley? The nickname still Smiley. Yeah.
0: B. John Robinson, how much do you think he'll be smiling on draft day, Chris? Scouting combine, performance, nature of the position. There are many who believe you should never even use a first-round pick at any level. Top 10, middle 10, bottom 10 – on a running back, uh, what what stood out to you for Robinson post combine?
1: Well, I, I've had my eye on this guy, you know, for a while. Being from you know my alma mater, University of Texas, I mean, he's special. He's he's really probably been the best running back in college football the last two years. I think it's safe to say. I was I honestly thought he was going to run a little bit better of a forty time than he did. He ran what? I think it was four four six or four four seven, if I remember off the top of my head. But he plays faster than that. You know, that's why I was surprised. I thought he might be a guy that runs four-four flat, maybe you know four-four-one, something like that. Either way, it's extremely impressive, Mike. And you know, as you as you, I mean, you see his build, right? I mean, he's built like a stud. I mean, legs, arms, neck, got everything you want there. And then he's got everything you want on the field, Mike. That's the other thing here. It's just like it's a special runner. It's not only a guy that can go, you know, fifty yards down the sideline. He can break ankles. He can run people over, you know, inside, outside, run game, it doesn't matter. And then this is the other aspect. He's a phenom got phenomenal hands. He's a really good route runner and 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 catcher of the football to where, you know, you'll never have to go out of the game and you'll be able to do a lot of things around him. So, Mike, I wouldn't take him in the top ten. I probably wouldn't take him in the top 15 or first half of the round. But you start to get into the twenties, teams that you know okay hey we got a pretty good team and we're just missing one guy that could really change us maybe the buffalo bills somebody like that right that i would start thinking about you know this type of football player i would yeah and look it's
0: it's a constant struggle and dilemma for teams that need running backs The higher you take a guy, the more compelled you are to use him. And then you overuse him. He possibly gets injured. Look at Saquon Barkley. Second overall pick in 2018. Had a great rookie season. And then injuries happen. And it's not because of the player. It's because of the position. It is more hazardous than any other position on the field. And you have so much focus. And you have so much expectation. And it's so easy to measure whether or not the guys lived up to the draft status because of his yards and touchdowns you get an offensive or defensive lineman in the top 10 it's not as glaring it's just is he playing right right there aren't the same numbers that get attached to it so it's a lot of pressure on everyone the higher the the player is picked including the player and hey if i'm a running back i don't want to be a first round pick i want the four-year contract not the fifth year option i want to get franchise tagged after four years, or sign a long-term contract, if I become a star player that the team wants to keep around. So, there's a lot of of conflicting feelings that apply for teams and apply for the running back when you're talking about this. It's just it's such a unique position, and these guys get screwed because yeah. they put their best years right on film
1: when they're being paid. The lowest right. that any
0: player gets under the rookie wage scale. Yeah,
1: no, it, it's a problem that I think you know we've talked about with Edmund Smith. You and I talk about this all the time. It's it, I wish they would compensate these, you know, running backs a little more fairly early on in their career. You're right; they're on rookie contracts, and by the time it's time to get a new one, everybody goes, "Well, you got a lot of wear and tear on your tires. You've been beat up. You're not the same guy anymore." And, yeah, it goes fast for an NFL running back, certainly. But this is one of those that comes around where you go, it makes sense. And I wouldn't be shocked. There's no weakness. Like, again, I wouldn't take him in the top ten. But you think about, like, the Eagles at 30, Mike. Or what if the Eagles traded the number, pick number ten. For a few other picks and they're down and they're like they don't need a lot on their roster, right? But oh my gosh, you add Bijan Robinson with Jalen Hurt Jalen Hurts and those two receivers and Dallas got her at a tight end. Like, good luck. You'll never stop the Eagles offense. It's gonna be one of those teams that looks at it and goes, Wait, you know, we kinda got everything we need, or there's no glaring thing, and the potential of this player is too great for us to pass up here. We're gonna take it. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a guy that ends up going in the first round. It's the rare running back that it happens. At
0: the top of the first round, the Bears continue to sit. It's looking more like when, not if they trade out. Ryan the GM of the team shared some thoughts over the weekend with Peter King that delve into the question of when the right time is to make that move. We'll break that down when PFT Live continues right after this. Brian Poles, Bears GM, speaking to Peter King for Football Morning in America. It's now when, not if, the Bears trade out of number one. The question is, when do they do it? Said Poles to King, should we do this before free agency or should we wait? I don't know. That's what I've communicated to teams. I could carry this all the way until we're on the clock the night of the draft. But then there's teams that want some certainty because if I need a quarterback badly, should I do that now when some of these guys like Derek Carr are out there? To me... They've got to go so much more above to do it now. I'm not greedy with it, but they're going to have to go above and beyond to close the door now. But that really is the key. Look at the teams in the top ten. We broke this down last week, and we addressed the possibility of the Bears trading multiple times. Hell, they could trade three times, one to two with the Texans, two to four with the Colts, and then four to eight or nine with the Falcons or the Panthers, if it all came down to it. But if those teams go out and address their needs in free agency, if the Panthers would add Derek Carr, if the Falcons would make a move for Lamar Jackson, that all changes, Chris. So there's a sweet spot that allows Ryan Poles to maximize his haul by having the most teams at the table. And if they start addressing their needs elsewhere, that changes.
1: Yeah, right. So I know that's where you know. I guess there's there's. I'm still kind of processing what he said there. Where he's saying if they want to do it right now, right? He's saying that it's going to cost more. Uh, okay, I, I, I guess I understand that. I, I do, you know. But those those teams like you're talking about, they have options out there right now too. So they might not willing to, you know, bend to those demands at this point. Um, but but I understand that, and I think you know, I think I, well, I think what I understand is that th- I, I would think there's going to be a big time market. I would. You know, again, who is it gonna be that everybody trades up to to go to you know, be number one? Who does who do they want? So I think that's what you know, the Bears are gonna have to continue to do what Ryan Poles told us last week. Evaluate these quarterbacks a little bit to get the true feel for the value of them. But yeah, I would think that one of these teams, I mean again, the way Houston at two, the Colts at four. I mean if I'm the Raiders at seven or the, the Panthers at nine You know, definitively, two teams that we know are looking for quarterbacks. The Falcons are kind of on the fence right now, it seems like. But 7-9, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous that if I'm the Panthers or the Raiders and I don't want to run, you know, the Richardson offense, right? Anthony Richards, uh, not Anthony Richardson. What the heck's his first name? I'm blanking out on his first name. Um... Uh, our kid from Florida, uh, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, yeah, I'm Anthony, right. it's yeah. Anthony. what are you talking about? It's Anthony. Now, I don't know why I got, <laughs> like, I got, what? I got, I got, I started yeah. guessing my second guessing myself, but if you don't want that guy, right. You don't want to play that style of football, right? Josh McDaniels wants a pocket passing type of quarterback, right? You know, Frank Reich wants a pocket passing type of quarterback. They got to be nervous with where they're sitting right now. They got to because, you know, you could sit there and be, you know, out in the cold. You know, at least one of the two. So, uh, those are things that are going to have to get figured out here in the next few weeks. And that goes into that Derek Carr conversation and Aaron Rodgers. And that all gets lumped into this where teams over this next week or 10 days are going to really have to figure out what they want to do.
0: And see, that's where that sweet spot possibly arises. Maybe it doesn't. You want to get to the point where teams have fallen in love with the guy they want. Because that's a way to shake more out of them. But... But some of those teams may pivot to another option before they fall in love with that quarterback. I think you want to have David Tepper at the table to maximize your haul because I think he's so damn fed up with the fact that they can't convince anyone to go to Carolina, any franchise quarterback that's available from a veteran perspective. They're just going to make sure they draft the guy that they want. And once they figure out who it is, I think Tepper's going to do whatever he has to do to go get him. And he's going to he'll, – he'll pick and choose – historical data to justify what he wants to do. And what he wants to do is give up whatever he has to give up to go get that pick. I want that pick. It's going to be viewed as a victory for him to get the guy he wants. And I think the longer he's around, the better the chance the Bears have to really end up with a significant haul thanks to the fact that the Texans beat the Colts in Week 18 and blew the number one overall pick. And look, I don't believe in full season tanking. I don't think you should just mail it in for an entire campaign and and just accept that you're going to be the worst team in football and have the first overall pick. But damn it, if it's hanging in the balance in week 18, you lean into it and you take it. Who gives a rat's ass that the Texans beat the Colts in week 18? What? So they were 4-13 and 13 instead of 3-14? and 14? Well, whoop-de-freaking-do. But now... Look at what they may have to give up to get to number one, or get jumped by someone else, because they don't want to give up anything to get the spot that they could have had if they simply just hadn't won that last meaningless game. I'm telling you, look, th- 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 there are there are times when it makes sense to lose, not full season, and and you know the 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 spot where it's okay is somewhere between going into the season week one intending to lose all year long like I think Stephen Ross did going into 2019 and just accepting the fact that it's the end of the road and all we have to do is lose this game to win the number one overall pick. Yeah, we're we're not going to try all that hard to win this game because we want that number one overall pick. I mean, come on. Look, the 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 fact that Ryan Poles thinks he can get a 2024 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick, and still get a top six or eight player for that number one overall pick, it shows you how valuable
1: it is, Chris. Yeah, no, it's it's got tremendous value. We know that. I mean, it's 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 allows a team to do whatever they want and be in that power position. Let alone, like you've always talked about. When you're the number one pick, you get a, a free month or five weeks of being like the number one team talked about and publicity and everything that goes along with it. You know, and yeah, they're in a position here where, you know, it, it looks it looks awesome for them. It does. And you know, you brought talk about David Tepper. Yeah, they'd be one of those teams that I would look at that I would go, yeah, I think they need to make a move. You know. If I were them, I wouldn't want to go the Derek Carr or the older free agent type of thing. I think it's time now to make your move. Go for it. And, you know, what I also went, and I think it's going to be interesting in this, Mike, you know, I do think Bryce Young's measurables are going to scare people, and I think there's going to be some teams that are going to go, man, I, I want C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, the prototypical guys, right? You know, Bryce Young, I think, is not going to be everybody's, you know, cup of tea, and Uh, You know, of course, Anthony Richardson is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but any team that's looking to, you know, throw the ball through the pocket traditional way, man, they're going to look at CJ Stroud and go that that's the man right there. And then Will Levis is going to be another one that's going to be in that conversation. And I think there's going to be great value. in, you know, those two guys and people chasing and trying to position themselves for those two guys, Mike.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, we're going to have a draft of the most important things to come out of last week in Indianapolis. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: February's become March, and we didn't even realize. I did not realize it was March until you just said that. I looked at my phone and went, oh, my gosh. And then what do you think of that new Simsism there?
2: Simsisms. There's being money left on the board across the table.
1: There's been some blown marketing deals too, you know, with a big time shoe brand, you know, so there's there's being money left on the board across the table right now by all due account.
2: Simsisms. Ha <laughs> ha
0: God, it's even funnier when EJ puts it out there in his Darth Vader voice. There's money being left on the board across the table. Uh, well done. Well done. Great way to start the week. All right. No problem. Most important thing to come out of last week in Indianapolis. That's our draft for today. It, it's got, it's, it can be
1: very broad. Whatever you want it to be, Chris. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 honestly, I, I think the most important thing maybe that came out of Indianapolis last week is something that didn't happen. I'm gonna say a deal for Daniel Jones. oh well, that that to me was one of the biggest things that happened last week. You know, the fact that yeah, we we, we went there as a giant fan thinking, okay, Daniel Jones and his team, they're gonna meet with the Giants and they're gonna figure something out. You know, this is a guy that's yeah, seems like by all due accounts things are going in the right direction and no deal got done and now, you know, they got a franchise tag him and that affects Saquon Barkley, so that's uh, a pretty big big deal for me. I'm I'm going to go with that one to start out.
0: Well, I mean one of the reasons they didn't get a deal done because they recognize the importance of not leaving money on the board across
1: the table. Of course, so so. that's exactly. They have to, yeah, they're yeah. very smart that way. Um, <laughs>
0: to, to me, the long-term importance of this remains to be determined. The short-term importance uh is off the charts and that's the Jalen Carter situation. Yeah, right. The Two misdemeanor charges. He left the combine. He came back. the The buzz was all over the place. It was the biggest story in football for a 24 to 36 hour window. What is going to come of this? What is it going to do to his draft stock? How is he going to handle these issues? Uh, is it going to cause him to fall? Is it not going to be a, a, a problem at all? It's all to be determined. But but to me, that was a huge development. It had nothing to do with any of the workouts. It had nothing to do with anything that happened in Indianapolis.
1: No, I, I agree, but it, it's a big deal, like you're saying. You know, it, this is a guy that we're talking about. You know, top five pick of the draft, phenomenal talent, right? And yeah, it threw us all, you know, a curveball. And again, yeah, he's not out of the woods yet. There's going to be you know more conversations and things surrounding this and investigating. So I'm with you there. That was on my list. That probably, if I didn't do the Daniel Jones one, that probably would have been uh, my first pick. Um, all right. I. You know what? The. the I'm, I'm going to go to something I kind of said early in the show, Mike. I'm going to go to those Thursday workouts. The defense ends. To me, that was one of the most important things that happened this weekend. The edge guys, the stand-up outside linebacker, pass rushers. Like, you know, there was buzz around that group going into the combine and a lot of talk that we could see a lot of pass rushers off the board in the first round. Well, I think what we saw between not only the pass rushers, the, the defensive tackle, you know, the freak show from Pitt, uh, Kalijah Kansi, who ran you know four, six, seven at 280 pounds, that we're going to see a run of defensive linemen in the top 40, 50 picks of the draft that we've never seen. Uh, that that's where I came away going, "Ooh, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw maybe 10, 12 defensive linemen in totality go in the, the first round or so." It seems like it's a very, very special group, uh to where, you know, we we could have a big time run for them early on in day one and day two and, and make things exciting. The game
0: is now about quarterbacks and the guys who chase the quarterbacks around. For me, Anthony Richardson, his eye-popping performance, his measurables, it puts him firmly in the conversation. Not for number one overall, but who the hell knows? Somebody may love, fall in love with him sufficiently that, you know, if he is uh, that mix of of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson, they're going to have to go get him and build a team around him. But the speed, the size, the strength, the leaping ability—all of those things—and and the possibility that he's got, well, uh, the highest ceiling and a ceiling that could take him all the way into franchise quarterback territory—I just think that that crystallized for a lot of people this weekend.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, that that's definitely the big one of the biggest stories. We got to pick him. You're right there. That's a, a great pick by you. I mean. Yes, we, we saw a guy out there do things that we've never seen a quarterback do at the NFL Combine. I know it's not, you know, football on the field, but it's still special regardless. And it kind of just shows you the type of potential and the type of specimen the guy is, you know, like you discuss, like we were saying early. I mean, that's it's that's a big time pass rusher in the NFL, a big-time linebacker, defense end. I mean, it's shocking to see a guy like that, and then he has an, an unbelievable right arm to go along with it. Um, we still going? Or are we going – all right, last one. Go ahead. Go. All right. Well, go. that the Bryce Young height thing is certainly the, the next biggest thing to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about a franchise quarterback, a guy that you're talking about giving big money and – and, and and you know, framing your franchise. And now we kind of know the measurables. There's, there's actual numbers and tangible evidence, you know, to put next to the guy. And, yes, as much as I like the player, those numbers scare the hell out of me. They scare the hell out of me. And I'm not sure you can be a durable pocket-passing quarterback in the NFL with that extreme speed, you know, unless you got the perfect formula around you. Uh, and, and that's what would scare me about Bryce Young.
0: Last one for me very quickly, and this touches on something we addressed last week. Of the coaches who didn't attend, Bill Belichick was not there. That is the ultimate warning shot to the league, that if you're thinking about packing this thing up and taking it to Las Vegas or Los Angeles, more coaches aren't going to be there. And I'm concerned that more coaches won't go now that Belichick hasn't gone, because if if Belichick isn't there... Why is anyone else there? Because it's the dean of all coaches who doesn't see the value in going. He stayed home. I won't be surprised if more coaches stay home in the future, whether it's in India or somewhere else. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Well, somebody during the show, and it wasn't Chris, got on Chris's Twitter account and raised this question. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins as one Person pointed out. It's kind of like asking, would you rather have a jellyfish sting or a snake bite? That's not me talking. That was someone else. Kirk is winning 57 to 43. I'm surprised the margin is that broad because, Chris, I feel like there's a higher ceiling for Daniel Jones that we have yet to reach. Miles Simmons not impressed (laughs) with the options. Man, you're up early, Miles. What are you doing up so early? I don't know. I, I, I think I would. Uh, what a shock. He loves him. He loves him not. I'd go Daniel Jones just because I do think there's a, a, an untapped potential there that we're working toward with Brian
1: Dable. I, I, I mean, it, it's really close. It is. I, I, like we talked about, I do think there's more potential and talent in Daniel Jones. But let's not re- disrespect Kirk Cousins in that he's been a pretty consistent, damn good machine of a quarterback here for quite some time. But yes, as you always talk about, I think Daniel Jones, the right support system, right? He can do some things that are outside the playbook or play backyard football when something's not there, and there's great value that in the NFL. It's it's a good question. I you know I, I really do. I think there's a, there's a lot to it.
0: Well, I have a feeling that a Cousins for Jones trade won't be happening, but it is fun to talk about. It's been fun to talk to all of you for the past two hours. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Have a great day.
1: See ya.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.